episode 83 for October 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And their discounts start at 75% off the cover price. So the Spider Spotlight this month is Spider-Man and the Secret Wars miniseries. Issue 1 has a cover price of $2.99. Mail order has it for $1.85, which is 38% off the cover. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. All right, we're tackling message board questions. We're starting off with uh, Godzilla 2014 from uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. And this one's aimed to anybody that wants to answer, especially Zach and JR. How would you define the difference between Ben Riley and Peter Parker? I think Zach oh. should get those. Okay. <laughs> okay. The b- difference between Ben, ben Riley and Peter Parker is Ben Riley, a- as written, was intended to be the Peter Parker of old. Um, the di- biggest difference between Ben Riley and and Peter Parker is is Ben Riley doesn't have the guilt of all the stuff that happened between the death of Gwen Stacy and the uh, the Clone Saga. You know, because so much stuff happened happened to Peter that was burdensome. He didn't have the death of Jean Jean, Jean Wolf. He didn't have the marriage to Mary Jane weighing him down. Whether or not you agree with that or not, he, he didn't have uh, you know the various deaths that happened between there and there. He didn't have the Hobgoblin. He didn't have Harry being psychological. I mean, throwing all these psychological attacks up to and including his death, and even after after uh, after his death. You didn't have all his mind games that were being played with Ben Riley, whereas Peter Parker was a very fractured, had a very fractured psyche when Ben Riley came into the scene. And I think that Peter Parker possibly is a little bit better character overall in terms of the richness of his character because he's experienced all those things. But at the same time, the fun aspect of Pe- aspect of Peter Parker and something that's very relatable to Peter Parker is Ben Riley, and I think that fun aspect, that youthful aspect, that that's you know, I, you know, he he lived out on the road, and being on the road is very tough, but it's not nearly as burdensome as watching your friends die yeah. and everything happen, and your life come around you. His other questions, Zach, you can tackle these two. What would Ben be doing now if he hadn't been killed off at the end of the Clone Saga, and what should he do if he returns? Well, I mean, uh, besides the obvious answer of Ben being like smacking a bitch or uh, <laughs> breaking up his marriage, but uh, Ben would actually probably be. Um, I think um, would be still be the Scarlet Spider. I really think he would. I think he would have, you know, adopt readopted the identity. He would have registered um, if Peter registered, or he would have registered just to get on. I think he would probably be try to be the covert guy to get under Norman's skin. You know, uh, I, I really do. I think he would be kind of like, oh yeah, I'm a registered superhero. You can't touch me, haha, Norman. You know, and uh, trying to take him down from the inside. I think that's what that's, that's to me what I would I would write Ben Riley as is the as the Peter Parker they can actually get to the heart of, of Norman. Okay, uh, Crazy Chris uh, is from Elevated, but geographically and spiritually spiritually, he changes that every week. <laughs> uh, he asked to the group which Disney owned characters should the Punisher kill. <laughs> Jr., you have kids. Who do you want to be knocked out? The Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. I remember. I remember the monkeys from the sixties and the Jonas. I watched the monkeys and the Jonas Brothers are not the monkeys. So, <laughs> Kevin, you're you tend to go to the dark side. Who would you like to whack at Disney? Oh God, all of them. all of them. 
Let's, let's just have the Punisher go on a killing spree. It'll be awesome. What if he went to, uh, poo, what, third, third acre mile or what? what? Hundred acre wood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw, no, I saw that are, movie. Those are poo characters, man. That's a different thing. You don't want to kill Whack poo? all the Mickey Mouse people. Oh, yeah. Whack all the Mickey Mouse people. Actually, you know, since she started in the Mickey Mouse Club, or both of them did, let's have the Punisher kill Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> the entire world would be better. Wow. Uh, Stella, anybody you want to whack at Disney? The entire cast of High School Musical. <laughs> Probs. Zach? Notice we're all choosing real people rather than, you know, <laughs> Justin. Right? Zach, who we... Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want to do... I don't want to kill off Donald Duck. Donald Duck's my favorite character. Um, I would kill off Max... Goofy's son, because you just... I watched the Goofy movie, and it was just bad. Yeah. Aww. Wow. I, I, I watched it when I was a kid, too, but... I, I like just Goofy, Mickey, and Minnie, and Donald. <laughs> okay. I don't really want to whack anybody. I just want Disney to make a better Punisher movie. Have Quentin Tarantino do it. Uh, Persian Spider from Iran. Hi, gang. This is Persian Spider from Tehran. Love the podcast. I know that I'm late, but happy anniversary. Thank you very much, sir. To Kevin, if you could change one thing about the current Amazing Spider-Man comics, what would it be? And I'll add, and you be a writer on it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just go ahead and take the whole marriage thing off the table because that's too easy. But uh, outside of that, I would like to stop being beaten over the head with how much of a loser Peter Parker is. Because that's, like I said, that's what I thought ruined 601, that's where most of this crappy stuff was coming from. So if we could have a more mature, better written Peter Parker that, you know, we weren't reminded every 25 seconds just absolutely sucks in every aspect of his life, that would make the comics exponentially better. Okay. Uh, I'm going to aim this one to JR, even though he didn't. Uh, when do you think Peter Parker had sex <laughs> for the first time and with who? And for God's sakes, don't say Harry Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. oh, boy. You know, I think we've answered this question more than once, actually, and uh, I know we were even talking about it. We, we've, become, we've become awfully obsessed, obsessed with Peter Parker's sex life, haven't yes. we? Yes. I mean, it seems to be uh, a regular occurrence. Um, the On the Internet, the current popular per, uh, idea is that between Amazing 149 and 150, when after the final confrontation with the Jackal the first time around, <laughs> Um, Peter is feeling pretty depressed about losing Gwen a second time and finds MJ in his apartment and he's glad to see her. She goes, oh yeah, really? And he says, yeah, let me show you. Slams the door. And then the next issue, it starts off with that uh, Peter's alone and he's saying that an hour ago it was all right. Mary Jane was here and they could lose themselves in her. He could lose himself in her, in their closeness, in their mutual need. <laughs> that's that's pretty. Uh, you know, that's that's, that's cue the pretty cue the music. Exactly. So that's so that's when people like to think it happened. But the honest to God, we don't know. You know, we really don't know. And and frankly, we probably waste a hell of a lot more time <laughs> talking about it than we should. Yeah. So. Uh, third question, there's now a serious concern that the third season of Spectacular Spider-Man won't be picked up by either Sony or Disney. What do you think we should do to save the show, which many think is the best animated Spider-Man cartoon ever? What was that sound that just happened? Was that somebody moving? Sounds like somebody's straw. Yeah. What is drink? that? That was me yawning. Oh, sorry. Wow. Seriously? Well, mute, mother. <laughs> I was trying to. It wouldn't work. Okay. Here, Mr. Yawn, how are we saving us? Uh, Spec Spidey on Disney XD. Um, get it, I mean, I, I see. I don't think it's gonna be canceled. 
personally. I really I don't. Hope not. But I, well, I mean, Wiseman said, "Look, the time slot it it, it increased the time slot exponentially." Yeah. Uh, with season one and the season one reruns were getting very high ratings. I think it's, I think it's gonna be renewed, but, um, the only way you're gonna be able to get anything done right now is to write letters to Sony, organize, start a campaign, do like what they did with Spider Girl. If they get, and they have to, they need, preferably handwritten letters. Now, if your handwriting is so intelligent, uh, not legible at all, then I wouldn't recommend doing hand, I would, I would type it out. But, Handwrite the letters. Be heartfelt. Tell them, you know, tell them stories. Just do what you. I mean, just organize and, and, and get the campaign going because that's only. I mean, they will. Disney is very good about listening to its fans. And uh, I mean, classic example is uh, I hate Ham Montana, but uh, <laughs> they convinced Miley Cyrus to actually come back for a fourth season to wrap everything up because the fans really wanted that. Yeah. So I think if you organize a letter-writing campaign, boom. I think that's going to go a long way of getting it renewed. Okay. Um, well, Brad, can I add yeah, something yeah, to that? Yeah, go ahead. Um, and just to, to bring up a, 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 another point, or I would say buy the DVD set. Yep. Because years ago uh, when Family Guy um, was – Family Guy was originally canceled by Fox years ago. But what happened was the DVD set proved to be extremely popular. Yeah. And I think the same thing happened with Futurama, too. I mean, Futurama's kind of come back, you know, for movies, and, and now I think they're actually trying to bring it back full-time again, although they've had some contract problems with the voices. But I think a lot of that has to do with strong DVD sales. So if you, real, if you really want to see more spectacular Spider-Man, I would say uh, I would say go out and uh, and buy the DVDs. And they just released season one, which I picked up. I mean, that's that's the way I like to buy season sets or buy my yeah. DVDs instead of three episodes yeah. of disc. Fourteen bucks. I mean, I think the studios like to see these properties have legs. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they think they can get something out, you know, like and maybe it won't get the greatest of ratings, but if they see these ancillary revenues continue, you know, for years afterwards, they're a lot more likely to keep the original content going so yep. yeah that's really why we got the uh the serenity movie off of a failed show like firefly because the dvd sales just boomed so they greenlit a big studio movie yep. uh the other question is for stella who would you go on a date with peter parker or bruce wayne i would say peter parker um bruce wayne who i would argue is sort of the the um false identity of Batman uh, where Batman's like the real man and then you know it, he's just such a, a man player and I'm not really into that and I think Peter despite his recent um, promiscuity and well yes um, he's he's okay in my book and I enjoy his sense of humor so we would get along who should write your date <laughs> who should write it um, let's see here uh, uh-huh. Kevin Cushing. Uh-huh. Kevin yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with Casey. Kevin Cushing. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Kevin, there's an extra issue for you. Uh, <laughs> JR, do you miss the Hobgoblin? Do you think Marvel should bring him back? Uh, the answer is no, I do not miss the Hobgoblin right now. Um, should he, they bring him back? Not in the 16, 616 universe anytime soon because I think we're with Norman running the world in dark rain. We've got Goblin Overload. I do think, though, Hobgoblin makes a much better villain for Spider-Girl. I really enjoyed yeah. 
his appearances in Spider Girl and the way he played off, you know, basically a teenage kid. You know, I mean, here's this older guy and, uh, you know, and he's very articulate and very erudite and, uh, he's dealing with this teenage girl and, uh, and her situation. I think he worked very well as a Spider Girl villain, but no, I'm, I'm in no hurry to see him. See, I grew up with the Hobgoblin being my goblin. So I have a fondness for the Hobgoblin, but granted he's very redundant with Norman being such a badass as he is now. So if they gave him, if a good writer got a hold of him and gave him a new mission, I, I would be all about it. So I think JR probably would be too, don't you think? I, I, th- I'm, I think we're up for any well-written Exactly, title. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, To me, have you ever played the Prince of Persia video game? If so, what did you think of it? Nope, never played it, and I think I've heard of it. Uh, I, I played it on my phone. Oh, is it good? It was, it was, yeah, it was actually on the phone that broke in half of the Cowboys game when we were interviewing Dan's lot. Huh. Nope, ne- never yeah. played it. Uh, yeah, played it. That's fun. Let's see, Bertoni Beetle, face it Tiger, you just hit the jack, face it Tigger, you just hit the jackpot is a picture you just posted of Eeyore looking at Tigger, dressed as Mary Jane, so that's nice. Uh, is any, <laughs> is anyone else look- I can't believe, oh dear. <laughs> well, is that a question? Okay, uh, is anyone else looking forward to Redheaded Donkey? Personally, things have been ever since the same since Tigger sold his soul to Christopher Robin. What are your thoughts? Wow. Okay. Like that okay, you got that in? Okay, funny K? <laughs> no, I was going to say, now that Peter's banged Michelle, I'm waiting for him to start going around the Disney princesses and hitting Ariel and Belle and Snow White. Oh, and, going, and going for the older women, I really want him to, to nail Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, Just a spoonful of sugar makes my clothes fall off. <laughs> <laughs> You just went yeah, there. I'm sorry. You really sorry, just went there. Wow. Uh, funny K. First off, a non-Spidey question. What is the best Star Wars movie in your opinion? Got to go with Empire is my answer. I would say Return of the Jedi. With the Ewoks? <laughs> nope, nope. Okay. How about the Family Guy parody? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's his avatar. I'm being star- I'm being. Kevin? No. I thought I'd episode- probably actually go with episode three. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, very nice and dark. I like JR? Uh, the very first one that was released back in 1977. Did you take a date to it? Uh, considering that I was only 14 at the time, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, my father had, my date was my father, my brother, and my mother, so, um. <laughs> And besides, I was I was a geek. You asked me if I got it. I took a date to a movie. I mean, gee whiz! Oh my goodness, that question answers itself. I took so. a date by the name of Felicia to the, well, the remake uh, in 1997 when they were re-released as special editions. So that was one of my first. Anyway, see, I took my daughter to that one, so I <laughs> I, I just missed this old date thing. It's okay. Okay. Well, wait a minute. We were talking about this. Didn't you date a girl that Spider-Man dated by the name? Like, I dated a Felicia. Who did you date that's similar? Oh, me? Yeah. Or was it George? I forget. Anyway. Must have been, I think it was it was George. Yeah, he, he banged yeah. a May. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've lost track of where the hell we are. Uh, number two, the spider question for the month. Older villains seem to be returning left and right. And center in Amazing Spider-Man, we have Doc Ock, the Chameleon, and Kane. Which villain would you like to see return and why? Zach, we haven't heard from you. Go ahead. That's what we haven't heard from him. Button problem. 
Oh, hang on. Um, give me just a, uh, what, what was the question? <laughs> Kevin, we'll hear from you. Go ahead. What villain? <laughs> uh, let's have some Morbius. I would, you know, Steve Wacker promised me Morbius a while ago. I guess he was probably referring to Marvel Zombies at this point because I don't see any sign of him in Spider-Man for years. I think Fred Van Linty wants Morbius too, is what I understand. Well, I think that's, you know, what we've been seeing in uh, Marvel Zombies, although as much as I've enjoyed Fred Van Lint's uh, Amazing Spider-Man so far, the zombie stuff was eh, not all that good to me. And I didn't really enjoy his version of Morbius, and I I definitely didn't like his Hellstorm, because it was a totally different character than Hellstorm is. Uh, Spider-Pool 279 from Frederick, Maryland. Brad, I know you collect Marvel mugs and Superhero Squad, but do you collect mini-mates? If so, which ones, and how do you spend per box? Um, I have a couple mini mates. I just bought them because they were on sale at my local comic shop, and I'm like, eh, I wonder what these are like. And I bought a Spidey and Green Goblin and a Hulk and a thing, and I just really don't like them because they are really kind of too small and they don't stand up. Like their arms are always falling off and their heads are falling off. So I can see why people would like them and collect them, but I just prefer the Superhero Squad guys a little bit better. Uh, JR, you said you have sworn off the miniseries, but what about Dark Reign, The List, Spider-Man? Well, I'll get that, obviously. I mean, that's going to be Spider-Man and Norman throwing down, right. uh, and it's going to directly impact continuity. Uh, it's a one-shot. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I'll He's be picking that one up. Kevin, what do you think of the new Jackpot Limited series? Oh, this ought to be good. Uh, I think it just smacks of a bad business plan. I mean, we've got... Uh, Amazing Spider-Man coming out three times a month. We've got extras, we've got annuals, we've got specials, and we're doing a whole mini-series, probably three ninety-nine a pop, for Jackpot. I mean, who is buying this, for God's sake? I I just don't understand. Brad Douglas, because he's a completist. <laughs> True. I know. Uh, I'll t- That's because you're not smart enough to understand what they were doing with Jackpot. You did your expect you they they they're not responsible for your misguided expectations now you understand. He's playing Mephisto advocate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Michael Bailey's not here, uh but uh let's see. Thanks for pimping for me last month. I was sure to pimp you guys in the last episode. So thank you, sir. Uh Viper. What is that uh, avatar of guys? Immune fear. Immune no, to immune fear. to fear. Immune to fear. What is that from? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, he's from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Hi, Spider Gang. Love the anniversary shows and was thoroughly entertained. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Starting off, ladies first, Stella. Have you read any of Danielle Steele's novels? And if so, are you a fan of her work? I have not. Okay. So I can't comment. Similarly, have you seen the film adaptations and did you enjoy them? Um, I saw... I've, I believe I've seen a couple of them. I don't want to confuse it with that Nora person, because um, I, wa- I was watching a terrible movie. But, you know, they all come on either Oxygen or Lifetime, mm-hmm. which is always inter- – I always feel embarrassed watching those TV for women business. But um, uh, I guess they're okay. I mean, she's not like – if I were to read romance novels, well, I guess she's more suspense. She's not really my favorite. So. And it says you're a Batgirl fan, but are you also a fan of Wonder Woman? And are you reading the current run, or would you have ever had interest in if to uh, – I screwed that up. And are you reading the current run, or would you ever have interest to if you're not? Um, 
I always think of that interaction with that one vendor at the comic um, comic convention I went to where he said, I bet you're a Wonder Woman fan. Just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I like Wonder Woman. I always think about that. Um, I started off reading when they revamped it. I guess this is volume two. Um, I read the first right. arc, and uh, I really disliked it. I was so disappointed in Jodie Picoult, and so I just put it away, and I didn't buy anything else. So I've heard good things because um, Gail Simone is writing it now, so I'm tempted to buy it, but at the same time, Wonder Woman's not really my favorite, so yeah. I'm sticking with some other female heroines. Right Kevin, now. as an up-and-coming writer, what do you feel are the key elements to creating a great story, be it in comics, novel, film, or television? Uh, characters, characters, characters. Uh, you can't, you can't say it enough times. That's any medium you're going through. I mean, I've seen several things uh, where it's, it's not the kind of thing that I would usually like. But if you can really make me get into the characters, care about the characters, then I'm there. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. Zach, what Clone Saga character besides Ben Riley are you most looking forward to seeing making a comeback? Kane. Yep. That was Kane, by the way. Sorry. Okay. Kane is the answer. Which clone saga do you wish they would bring back? Ben Riley. Ben Riley. Okay. Which clone saga character should just stay dead as Disco? Judas Traveler. I didn't like him. Uh, I liked his first the first appearance. After that, he got boring. What What was he? Was he like a just he okay? He was okay. It was actually implied that he was a godlike being, and he he jumped around the timeline, etc. Yeah, yeah. He he he. That's what was implied. Yeah. Okay. But it actually was retconned by Tom DeFalco that he was a mutant that had mind altering powers. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was a telekinetic. Um. I don't like that. I don't like that aspect of that character, of the character that way. I felt like it cheapened the character. I was like, really? <laughs> he was, he was no. just very confusing in the run. Uh, well, I think the, the Mateus had plans for him and they never materialized. Yeah. Uh, JR, do you think that with the Disney buyout of Marvel, do you think that there's a strong chance of Marvel characters being alluded to or making brief cameo appearances in Disney cartoons and possibly film, much in the way some DC characters have made brief cameos in Warner Brothers cartoons in years gone by? Well, like I said, uh, Bob Iger and Jerry Cassata are not returning my calls, but I think it's inevitable. I think you're going to see a lot of cross-pollinization. You probably won't see as much maybe with uh, Spidey, X-Men, and Fantastic Four for a while, particularly in movies because they're owned by other studios. But, yeah, you'll you'll inevitably see some stuff. One cross thing I remember is uh, maybe 10 years ago, McDonald's put out these Happy Meal toys. And they were of uh, the Tasmanian Devil and Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. And Daffy Duck came with a detachable bat suit. Bugs had a Superman suit. The Tasmanian Devil had the Flash suit that you can put on him. So uh, maybe like Happy Meal, Spider-Man, Mickey Mouse, possibly. I don't know. Uh, let's see. For me, um, tell, us, tell us how much you're enjoying Batman Arkham Asylum. Freaking loving it. One of the best games I've ever played. Uh, given the success of this game, do you think this will slowly usher in the dawn of a new golden age for superhero-based video games based on characters of both Marvel and DC? Well, if they use Arkham Asylum as the uh, template for other games, which is a good story, good graphics, great voice acting, then they can't go wrong. Which I, I think, I think the comic games haven't been that bad. Well, the Wolverine's been solid, I thought. Spider-Man Three, the graphics could have been better. But uh, 
Iron Man was pissed. I, I, yeah, I, I heard bad ideas or bad reviews of Iron Man. I didn't pick it up. It was bad. No. I, I, I rented it. It was, I, I'm very cautious when it comes to because I got burned really bad with Spider Man Three on PS2. Yeah. Um, so I've been very cautious getting comic related movie games. Yeah. I downloaded Iron Man as a demo on my PlayStation and and I just I couldn't get the controls going and I'm like yeah I'm not even going to buy this for twenty bucks. Yeah, this this was this it was just a fail. Yeah. Uh, supposedly they're completely redoing it. They're scrapping the first the first game. And just Matt doing Matt Fraction is writing the game, right? Is what I understand. Yes, sir. That's so yes, sir. that's a that's a positive in his court. Um, another question for me: Have you been watching Spec Spidey season two? And your thoughts? Well, here's a little insight <laughs> insight to what I've been doing. I I recorded all of season two of Spec Spidey. I watched one episode, and then my DVR died. And so all six episodes of the season died with my DVR. So I've set my DVR to record all of them, and I have like five out of the six that have aired. And on the 22nd, which is uh, three days from now, I'm going to interview Josh Keaton and Greg Weissman. So this weekend and Monday, I'm going to watch all my Spec Spideys in anticipation for that interview. So first episode was great. I'll, I'll get back to you on the other ones. But I, the the previous 13 were just A's throughout, so... Uh, Steve J. Rogers for Stella. Comic book characters have been considered part of modern mythology as literature buff. As a literature buff, do you see some of the bigger known comic book characters still being read and now reimagining of the characters centuries from now? The same way we read about classic tales of the Greek gods and other myths from centuries ago. Um, I think that a lot of the characters now have long-lasting um, capabilities, um, but... Uh, it's going to be in a different way than, you know, the Greek gods and myths, because those started off really word of mouth, and it was really religious um, oriented. And then, of course, you have the friezes that are depicting things like the frieze on the um, the Parthenon in Athens is depicting um, the war between the humans and the centaurs, things like that. So um, I almost want to think that if we have a future like um, Batman Beyond, that maybe paper is really done away with. We might have this Kindle business, but perhaps these um, these superheroes really go above reading and it's it's talked about, you know, with reverence and word of mouth and do you remember way back when when Spider Man, you know, they'll think, Oh, when when he wasn't married to Mary Jane anymore, but I'm so glad we have that other Spider Man back. So things like that. So I, I think that Definitely, they will be along. They they will be alive for a very long time. Hey, Jr. Do you yeah. see that ducky? <laughs> I, oh my gosh! <laughs> I see the ducky. Jr. Do you see the ducky? <laughs> I I was going to say I saw a horsey too, but uh, I changed my mind. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this next one's for Jr. I take it you're a crime history buff. Did you catch the movie Public Enemies with Johnny Depp and as Dillinger and Christian Bale as Purvis? If so, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I, I like, I like true crime. I mean, uh, it's always, uh, uh, I just like it. You know, what the hell? It's nice and gory and everything like that. I did see the movie, um, in fact, my wife and, my wife is one that made me go to it, um, because part of it was actually filmed in her hometown of Crown Point, Indiana. That's where Dillinger escaped from, uh, prison that one time. I thought it was a well-made film. I think I like what Michael Mann does, uh, on his crime movies. Uh, I loved, the first season of Crime Story, I think that was a Michael Mann production, I think, with Dennis Farina. Yep, it was. Um, and, uh, but I, one, I thought it was about 10, 15, 20 minutes too long. But, uh, 
I, I have a real problem with biopics. I mean, I really do. I mean, it was a fine movie and all, and, and it fortunately did not glamorize Dillinger too much. It didn't, it didn't really make him the, the punk that he really was. I mean, the guy was a punk, you know, and, uh, that's what all these guys were. They were punks and they were losers. Uh, and, uh, fortunately they didn't glamorize him too much, but, you know, I just have a problem watching a movie when you can actually go into the encyclopedia or the internet and you can find out what really happened. Like the last scene where, um, you know, in the movie at the biograph, uh, the, 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 one of the marshals comes up behind him and just shoots him in the back, you know, and, you know, my wife's going, Oh God, that's horrible. They shot him in the back and blah. I said, Karen, I said, Karen, that's not how it happened. <laughs> you know, because Dillinger's, uh, anyway, that's not how it happened. I mean, basically they caught him. They, they let him know they were there and he tried to run and they shot him. Um, so, Biopics really bother me because you can so easily go out and find what really happened. But it was a well-made movie. I'm so. looking forward to it on DVD. So, uh, let's see. Um, the next one is for Spidey Site UK. To another JR question: What's the ultimate way for Spider-Man to finally win his battle with Norman Osborn? Could you see any way of torturing Norman so bad it will destroy, like a clone of his wife? Yeah, somebody brought up the clone of the wife. That I mean, that's more something like Miles Warren would do. Yeah. I mean, actually, I wouldn't mind to see Miles Warren do something like that. I think Paul Jenkins nailed it on the head back uh, in Death in the Family. I mean, since Spider-Man is not going to kill Norman, he has to basically walk away from the cycle of violence. And the way you destroy Norman Osborn is you let Norman Osborn destroy himself. Yeah. And um, that's but and you know that's that's what you've got to do. Uh, and I, I think that Peter did convincingly beat him in Death in the Family, but. The, the problem is, though, when you walk away from Norman, he just doesn't uh, – he may not go after you, but he's so sick and pathetic that uh, he starts going after other people in order to satiate that bloodlust of right. his. So, to Stella, I've been trying to get my girlfriend into comics, and everyone suggests Fables. Have you read it? And if so, would you recommend it? Um, I haven't read Fables, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Pretty much it's reimagining uh, fairy tale characters and – Real life, um, everyday situations. Um, I guess I think it'd be a good thing for your girlfriend. It's not hardcore superhero stuff, which is why I think a lot of girls don't get into comics. So if you recommend that, um, I would also recommend, I always recommend this, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. That is superhero, but it's not hardcore, and it's mostly focusing on Mary Jane as a character, and it's just really cute stuff. And, I mean, when my brother, who is, like, 30 years old, can really get involved in this, um, I think it's a good thing. So I'd go with that, too. I have to comment, Kevin. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> we record these back-to-back, and Kevin's recommendation was to buy the uh, the X-Men trilogy and Wolverine Blu-ray yeah, it was, it was uh, Zach's recommendation oh, Zach. for Wolverine. I just pointed out the Amazon deal. I, I think that's hilarious. He just, as we're doing the podcast, he just went shopping and he bought the bought it off of Amazon. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Like I got this phone right over here. I got an Amazon application. Like <laughs> it, it sounds too good. I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. Nobody's asking me any questions right now. So. Uh, Cheerio, Cheerio. So Zach, You're now that Kane is back, dude, what are you more excited about, Clone Saga Mini or Kane and Amazing? Clone Saga Mini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as much as much as I like Kane as a character, Kane's going to be in the Clone Saga Mini. It's written by DeFalco and and Mackie. I can't go wrong with this book. I forgot to recommend that too. Has it come out? Has it come out yet? 
No, it comes out two okay, weeks. Got it. Uh, to Kevin, good. you get the exclusive contract for both DC and Marvel, and they offer you Green Lantern or Amazing. Marriage reinstalled as your lead title. Which would you choose and why? That would be a, a tough <laughs> situation, but I, I would definitely choose Amazing Spider-Man. Wow, I mean, nice. I love... I love both of them, but Spider-Man's just got such, you know, an expansive world and characters and villains, and I just love all of it so much. I, I could never pass that up, no matter what was going up against it. I really thought you would have went the other way. That's impressive. Really? Uh, Jack Bauer from California. Uh, hey, gang. Who wants to see Donald Duck meets Howard the Duck, Marvel Mice, and Kermit's House of M? Straight up. Okay. Stella's going to go see that. FSU Spider Fan is located in the Winterville Wonderland of North Carolina. Who would win in a fight? Ultimate Spider-Man or BND, 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 Brand New Day Spider-Man? Good Lord. (laughs) I think, uh, Marvel would because you'd buy another issue. Uh, six, six, six and a half. Located in the meth capital, California, or foreclosure capital, USA. It just depends if I'm in school or not. Thanks for the anniversary podcast last month, everyone. I was listening to it on my iPod, and I couldn't help but laugh out loud, even when people walked by me confused. I get that a lot. A couple follow-ups regarding Persian Spider's questions about the Hobgoblin. Do you think Norman would go out of his way, now that he's in power, to hunt down Kingsley? Goblin expert, JR. Tackle it. (laughs) JR. Hello. Hello, Jr. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I muted my microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, See, it's not just me. Uh, yeah, I was. Well, I was. I was guzzling an iced tea, and I didn't want to hear people to start hearing me belch. So, uh, uh, Norman, <laughs> thank you for that. Norm, Norman would not. Uh, he, he's got other things on his mind right now. He's got. Uh, he's trying to beat up Clint Barton and uh, take down Daredevil and exile the X-Men to their pathetic little island off the coast of San Francisco. Kingsley's enjoying some Mai Tais on the beach. He's not going to bother him. <laughs> Kevin, are you going to yeah. include Roderick in future issues of the Crawl Space webcomic? I've definitely considered it, but I wouldn't look for it for quite a while. For everyone, if you had to, what D to Z list Spider-Man villain would you dress up as for a comic book convention? Feel free to go into detail how you would accomplish the part. Stella, who are you dressing up as? Oh gosh, you would. I, I, I was. <laughs> I needed time to think about this, and now let's see. D to Z list. I don't even know what that means. So they're all bad. No, just um, like uh, hypno hustler. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, kind of like that. Oh dear. Um, I think what I I would like to be. What's that girl with the uh, the bubblegum hair? What's the thing about this? Daughter of Craven. Craven's daughter. Oh, oh Skittles the pimp. Uh, the, the, uh... <laughs> Did you say Skittles the pimp? What is that? <laughs> okay, no. Zach, you got to write a character in the CSA now called Skittles the pimp. <laughs> well, hang on, let me, let me see what Chris is. Chris called her like Skittles the. Pimp. Oh my goodness, like I forgot about that. How about so now? How I, about white? Do I have to go to detail now? You're fine. You're fine. Well, if you, okay. if you don't want to. Uh, how about White Queen? You know, she was kind of Z-list villain. Do you remember White Queen? Yeah. Okay, you could be here. Double-sided tape. Excuse me? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is that related wow. to Skittles the Pimp? Uh, Zach? No, no, it's related to how one keeps up their top without... Oh, got it. Yeah. Uh, any other bad villains that would you guys would like to see at a comic convention? JR, what was the spot? A what? The spot. The spot. 
The spot would be That'd fun. That'd be an easy costume, too, I would think. It would. Yeah. That's my point. JR, who's a good Z character? Oh, God. You know, actually, I sat and, re- and thought about this for a while, and I could not come up with anything. Uh, for, for, as for, I'd have to, to one that would fit me, I'd have to come up with an overweight, middle-aged guy. Leapfrog. You know, Leapfrog. wearing clothes that are too tight for uh, him. So, whoever that is. What, 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 no hustler. What about, um, oh, what was that one? The, the, Razorback. Yeah, you could be Razorback. That'd be fun. Oh, Buford? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, you talk about diving into the pit of obscurity. What's the, what's uh, the one, uh, Ollie, I think, that took Ox arms? Uh, Ollie, Ollie Osnick. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good one. Okay. Yeah, but he swung up. Do, became, uh, a uh, Z-Lift Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man villain. Geldof. He did? How about Geldof? Uh, Who's Geldof? <laughs> The, that Z-list Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, mutant oh, that was like a magician it, wizard thing. Got it, got it. Okay, Berserk. Nobody would know who the hell you are. Berserk Fury 819. He's, uh, location traveling the land of dragons and magic spells. AKA Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that Everybody's was just trying to make you say thing. something funny with their location. Now. I like it. I think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> but I wish they would put where they are, really. That'd be fun. Uh, Stella, I mean, they can put a funny intro, but then just say, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, or something like that. Stella, with Venom eating a hooker, wow, starting off a good question here. (laughs) With Venom eating a hooker, Michelle sleeping with Peter, and Chameleon Peter, uh, do you think Spider-Man has become a bit misogynistic? Wow, misogynistic? Uh, There's no massage in that word. (laughs) Misogynistic. Is he, is he a whore? <laughs> is he a whore? I think is the question. Is a, as like. Wow, misogynistic. Um, uh, is he a woman hater? That's what he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I'm he, sorry, I don't misogynate. <laughs> and uh, just to let you guys know, um, for those younger members of the listening, okay, whoa, rewind. For the people, <laughs> the younger people who listen to this, eating is literal. It's not taken in any sort of uh, euphemistic oh, way. Wow. And so as I answer this question, <laughs> no one, I can't believe no one laughed oh, at I did, it. I got oh, it. That was oh, dirty. Anyway, wow. it is, He's, He does I'm have a big tongue. Cons- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I couldn't stop with my comments. Oh, yeah, let's just keep going. Oh, yeah. I'm the, the I'm, yeast. I'm the, oh, Lord. Oh, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, George. Um, so, yeah, a little bit, yes. I think a lot of it is coming from the fact where I still argue that the people who are writing Spider-Man don't really understand girls. I still go back to that little frat brother moment between Harry and uh, Peter in the park, and that just did not make sense. Girls did not go for that. So a little bit, yes. I wonder what would happen if you put a girl writer on this. Maybe we'd have, like... Maybe Michelle, whoever, would not be sleeping with Peter right now. But, I mean, let's let's see if things change or not. I don't know. JR, green or thumb? Green Goblin or Green Lantern? Well, I was going to ignore this, but uh, I was... (laughs) I, I would I would say that the Harry Osborne Green Goblin has the greener thumb because I would bet that Harry could grow a mean marijuana plant. <laughs> <laughs> oh Very good. Bringing it back. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, here, we'll throw this one to Kevin. He hasn't said anything. If Spider-Man was in a metal band, which one would he be in and why? Oh, I don't know. Don't you like metal? Uh, what? Don't you like metal? 
I like it a little bit. I mean, I'll listen to some Metallica here, a little Godsmack and Disturbed there, but uh, I, I don't know which one Spider-Man would be in exactly. Well, okay, uh, I did see a Megadeth live once with a bass solo, just kind of the, the hands went so far over it. It was almost like a spider's legs. So let's say Megadeth. Yeah. And we have a request for your ass. <laughs> Please say ass just to piss off Steve Wacker. Is he Ass, ass, ass! And don't ask for anyone else's ass. That was a really kind of dirty little question. I like that. Uh, Dono Mark from Arkham Asylum, aka Detroit. To everyone, which do you think is the most no. violent battle that Spider-Man has ever been in? I nominate the first Moreland fight. I okay. No, well, wait, wait. He's from. Tennessee, not Detroit. Well, I was making a joke, but obviously it didn't work. But anyway. <laughs> wow. Way to ruin it. <laughs> Fail. Fail. Um, I agree. Moreland, that Moreland fight was real bloody. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd say the, the Moreland fight and the other when he actually ripped Spider-Man's eye yeah, out. That, and that's ate about it. as violent as it gets. Yeah, that was really violent. JR, you, yeah. you've got a bigger memory than we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to touch that one, but actually, I would have I would have to concur. The uh, the the more the getting his eyeball ate, and then remember when they unmasked him and his face was so bloody and beaten that they couldn't, you know. Yeah, I'd say that was that. Either that or the Marvel Knights one, where he fought like Electro and the Vulture in in succession, yeah. and he got beat up pretty bad there, to where he like spent two days sleeping to get over it. So. What's your favorite moment out of the three Spider-Man films? I, I love the upside-down kiss. That's still an iconic image in my mind. Stella, what's your one of yours? Um, after he saves um, the the monorail train um, in Spider-Man 2 and everyone's, like, carrying him backwards, that always, like, it really gets me choked up. Like, I tear up every time. Kevin? Uh, the end of 2, when... Uh Norman pops up in the mirror talking to Harry, yeah. and Harry discovers the whole Green Goblin thing. That, I didn't know Willem Dafoe was making a cameo in that movie, so that just shocked me. It was great. Zach? Um, the train scene? Yeah. <laughs> the train, the scene with the train, with not and Doc Ock. Right. Okay, know, the, the, the fight scene. scene? Yeah. The fight scene yeah. was great. J.R.? The very end of the first movie where he's walking away from Mary Jane and Ben's grave and he's kind of, it's going back to the narrative of that open the movie and he goes, who am I? I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to Zach, without giving away spoilers, what can you expect, what can we expect to see in the following issues of Crawl Space Avengers? Well, I was really hoping that we were going to get four out before this podcast was recorded, but uh, V-Dog is very diligently and very feverishly inking the uh, and, and penciling, or in, uh, not penciling, coloring the uh, cover to issue four. And um, so, uh, one, we're going we're gonna to see the resolution of the current arc in the beginning uh, in, in this issue. Uh, this one's a little bit longer than usual. Um, also, we're going to see Walter. AKA TS Champ, he's going to make his first uh, appearance in this book. In the book, uh, more Mike Bailey, more of Kevin and Zach, um, more of Stella, and she may or may not be dating one of the members of the Avengers, or maybe somebody else. I have to say. Stella, I know, right? Wow. Um, 
Let's see. We're also going to start. Uh, dev- uh, I, and I, there's a lot of stuff that get, gets introduced into issue four, and I would love to talk about it after issue four comes out because there's there's concepts that are introduced in that one that carry on. Okay, this next one's for the Vixen. Uh, which Crash Bandicoot game is your favorite? Wait, you really just called me. A I called vixen? you a Vixen. If you're, <laughs> my gosh. Um, <laughs> whoa. Um, automatically, I think of. Uh, Vixen DC and like I always think, how is she keeping her twins in that costume? But anyways, <laughs> see, I don't even know Double who Vixen shape. from DC is, so I didn't mean it. Like that. Okay, Michael <laughs> Bailey would know. Um, so I would say Crash Bandicoot Warped is my favorite, and a close second is Crash Team Racing. Okay, hold on, I'm pulling up Vixen online. Whoa, no, I didn't mean to imply that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's got like a Craven costume going on or something. Like yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, lockdown. Skittles. Skittles. Oh, never mind. Uh, hey gang, love the podcast of of late. They've been a joy to listen to as I've been recovering from health problems. And I just have two questions for everyone. With the Disney buyout and Sony giving up their rights for the Spider-Man animated series, do you think this is the time where we might see a Spider-Girl animated series? I hope so. I think it'd be awesome. I don't think there's a chance. Why not? I will, out of all the Marvel properties, I just don't see him go into a title that keeps getting canceled, and, and now is a half a story in a book that's not even got its own title. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff they would go to before that. I, if they do do that, I would see it as a live action series on TV. Too costly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, once again, Jackpot is coming back in the pages of Spider-Man. Why, oh why, won't they let the character die? They did. They did. They just got a different one. <laughs> GR, should we kill her? <laughs> well, we already killed her once, didn't yeah. we? Uh, I, you know, twice. Mar- Marvel gets this idea that so a character is just really great and everybody loves it, and no matter what uh, the uh, popular opinion seems to be, they don't seem to get it. So they don't get it, and so they're then hence this series. Do you think uh, the miniseries numbers will be atrocious like Mr. Negative have been? I hope they're worse than Mr. Yeah. Negative. Uh, DXD, uh, let's see, to Kevin, do you think JMS will be wasted at DC? Last I heard, he'll be writing Brave and the Bold. Why not put a man of his talents on a flagship title? I don't think he'll be wasted at DC at all. In fact, a uh, recent panel he did at a Comic-Con... Very, 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 very strongly suggested that he'll be writing Superman, which is a dream of his. So I, I think we're going to see great stuff from JMS. They're just kind of putting him on stuff that they need him to develop first. Like they needed a big name to develop these Red Circle characters, so they brought in JMS. He did his best job. They needed somebody to give a shot in the arm to brave and the bold, and JMS wanted to play with it. He hasn't really been able to do that thing, just kind of outside of continuity, just playing with characters. I think he's having fun. So, no, I don't think he'll be wasted. I think you'll see him growing a lot over time. Is Brave and the Bold the DC's version of Marvel Team-Up? Yeah, pretty much exactly. Although, uh, it's got, kind of like Spider-Man's always been sort of a feature of Marvel Team-Up, Batman's sort of a feature of Brave and the Bold. Is it just like a joke book like Marvel Team-Up was? Is it really poor? It really depends on which iteration you're looking at. Uh, They relaunched it with Mark Wade and George Perez a couple of years ago, and it it, it sounded like it was going to be great, but it just, at least to me, it wasn't very good. I dropped it pretty quick, and 
since then they've just been doing random writers with random team-ups, so I'm interested to see which way JMS yeah. takes it. And Mark Wade did made the mistake of doing like a 10, 12 issue arc, but changing out, you know, which team up was featured in each issue. So it's like you're following an arc, but different characters every issue. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just didn't work. I just don't think team up books work now. It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with Deadpool team up. I think that sounds kind of fun, but I don't know. Uh, Deadpool's just so damn overexposed by now. I know, but. Uh, to the group, did you ever watch the live-action 70s Spider-Man series? The show had no supervillains. Given the low budget, what villains do you think could have worked on that show? Craven could have worked. The Chameleon could have worked. Uh, JR, who else could have worked? Uh, well, you, the Kingpin would have worked. Yeah. Um, you could have done Electro. Uh, if, you know, if you go in with some lower expectations, you know, maybe you wouldn't have him zapping all over the place, but he could have kind of been more low wattage, you know, affecting equipment and computers and things like that. I mean, you could have done that. Uh, you could have done Mysterio, really, without the bubble head. I mean, he just would have, you know, come up with illusions and things of that nature. Um, they could have, you know, they could have done Miles Warren. Yep. Uh, very easily. Well, they kind of did. Uh, they had a clones episode. Yeah, they did. Dr. Moon. Yes, I remember that one. I watched that episode, and I really wanted to slip my wrist and play in traffic afterward. And those that that first five was actually the better ones of the series. Oh, my. Uh, Let's see. B-Dog, our buddy B-Dog. Oh, man. Am I ever late questions this month? Okay. Kevin, what's been your favorite Blackest Night book, either tie-in or mainstream? I'm really not equipped to answer this because, like I said, I haven't read... uh, my August books yet, so all of Red's Black is Night number one and the Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps tie-ins, but they've all been great. So I've got uh, Black is Night Batman number one waiting for me. I didn't bother to pick up Superman and Titans because I don't like James Robinson's Superman at all, and Titans hasn't been very good. So I I'm, I'm, I I picked that up and it was actually really good. Yeah, I like yeah, it, and it seemed like I read a preview and it seemed a lot better than James Robinson's usual Superman. But I got down to it and I'm trying to save money and I just got to think. Why would I buy this if I'm not, if I'm not following the regular books? Why? So, yeah. but Peter Tomasi's writing Blackest Night Batman, and he did such a great Nightwing. I've been wanting to read him doing the Dick Grayson Batman. So I don't care where I get it as long as I get it. Jr. Maybe uh, because Disney acquired Marvel, will they license Oscorn? And you should get a commission, sir. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe Obadiah Stane will fly out of my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spidey dude, if I buy Madden 10, will you play online with me? Oh, yes, I will. Uh, BD, can you please plug my website? Yes, pimping. It's easy. Uh, Comicboards.org. Check it out for B-Dog, and then come back to the crawl space. Uh, <laughs> Lady Spider from Townsend, Maryland. Big, 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 big fan of your show. I'm all caught up. Here's some questions I want to ask for a while. What do you think Mary Jane exactly said to Mephisto during their little deal, and why no sarcasm, JR? JR, what'd she say? <laughs> <laughs> well, she obviously don't want to hear from me. Uh, I think she. I think she said, "I want to remember everything." Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's. I think she that. said, "If the fans hate this shit, revert it back." <laughs> Anybody else want to hop on that one? What'd she say? I really don't want to touch that one because that would be uh, pushing the limits of. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, is Michelle Gonzalez the Jill Stacy of 2009? Yes, yes, yes. God, yes. Sorry. Okay. Anybody else? What do you think? I liked Jill Stacy <laughs> back in the day. I liked her too, but it's, she's not going to be remembered. They're like, oh yeah, well, you know, Gwyneth Cousins. What? Huh? <laughs> what? She's going to be swept under the floor, I would imagine. Uh, do you think they ever can create a proper villain for Spidey to fight besides the early Lee, Ditko, Romina Sr., and Venom? <laughs> what's, what's one JR that stuck around? Uh, Puma, introduced in the 80s, stuck around. Really? Well, I mean, Puma? Some, That's the best some, you can come uh, up with? Uh, I mean, he's had a bunch, there have been a bunch of hangers on, but nobody with any impact, really. I mean, I think Venom was the last one that, well, Carnage, but, yeah. you know, except for those two, the symbiotes in the modern era, I mean, I really don't think anybody's had any staying power. There's gotta be somebody that stayed in the 80s or the 90s. It's, uh, well, the fact that we have to think about it so hard yeah. is pretty well a uh, yeah. That's you know, that's true. Indi- indictment of the problem. <laughs> so. Why 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 is it there hasn't been anybody stick, stuck around? Well, I don't know. I mean, for one, the original villains were so great; they're like the best toys in the box. Yep. You know, you can't resist playing with them. For one, uh, also, I think that they're you know the character's been around forty years. I really think there's a limit to kind of cool costumes and cool villains and cool powers that you can come up with. Yep. I mean, about the only uh, about the only villain superpower we ha- haven't seen is somebody who can. Uh... No, I better not touch that. <laughs> You know, who has super super pluge? You know, I mean, geez, that's about the only thing I can think of. Why? Well, the other question is super hobgoblin. Although he was just a variation he's, on green he's goblin. A goblin. Yeah, he's too yeah, he's a, yeah, I really, I can't think of another one. Honestly, that's sad. Uh, why hasn't Peter David really wrote uh, Spidey besides F and HSM Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man? Because the only issue I liked was issue five. He actually had a. Oh, that was one I hated the most. He had a great run back in the '80s, Lady Spider. Uh, go to your back issue band and look up uh, Spec Spidey, circa early 100 issues. He had a great. He had the death of Gene DeWolf. He had uh, Amazing Spider-Man 267, where he chased a commuter in the suburbs and he couldn't he couldn't swing around from any tall buildings. One of my favorite one shots of all time. And Lady Spider's last question is, why did Baby May have to die? Spidey dude, it's clone-related. Go ahead. Uh, I know. She had to die because... All because of the status quo. Preserving the status quo was the number one, only priority that Bob Harris had. And Peter being a, a father means, just to many writers, the end of Spider-Man's story. Because there is, because as Aunt May said it, there is no greater responsibility. Yeah. Um, had they let Ben live, Baby May would have lived too. Yeah. I I can guarantee that because, and there's a lot of people that really want that to happen. Let Ben do his own stuff. Let Peter, if he needs to go out as Spider-Man, let him do it. It's no different than a cop. But, you know, there's a lot of writers. I mean, <laughs> that's like a landmine. That's like a bigger landmine than even the marriage is. So. Mm. Okay, uh, insane, insane Johnny from uh, Ireland says to anyone who uses mail order comics, how much is spoiled for you by having to maintain order on the board every month? You open your stack and already know everything that's going to happen to Peter before you begin. Um, I try to avoid like the. Generally, there's an outbreak of 
there's a topic that'll be posted like issue 604 discussion. I just avoid that thread. I just don't go in it. Um, like for instance, I really didn't know about the scene this past month with, uh, the Flash Thompson scene and the, uh, you're not Gwen scene. And I had, didn't see any discussion on my board about that. And those were two of my favorite scenes this month. So it, it, if something huge happens, like Aunt May bangs a dude, <laughs> I can't avoid it. I really can't. I'm a couple weeks late because I get all my stuff mailed to me. But um, that's why you have me. Yeah, <laughs> Zach picks it up the day of, and so does Jr. And um, so they can they can go in those threads and and uh, uh, administrate them. So I Spidey uh, from East Lansing, Michigan. To all, first, I'm a new member of the message board and really enjoyed the, all the podcasts. Thank you very much. Uh, I have a two-part question, and he's interested in everyone's opinion. Is it necessary or even a good thing to keep Spider-Man as a member of a team book, namely the Avengers? Kevin, you get that one. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing. I mean, especially for the Avengers, because I think uh, the idea behind New Avengers was a good one that people like. Uh, the team with the big guns that Justice League was always kind of famous for being, and Avengers kind of started to have these characters that were just sort of Avengers characters. You know, your your Hawkeyes, your Scarlet Witches, your Quicksilvers, um, and you know, even more obscure than that, you had what Ace of Spades or Jack of Trades or whatever the hell that character was that was in the Avengers before Bendis got there, but. Um, yeah, I think it's better to have your big guns, your Captain America, Iron Man, and Wolverine and Spider-Man. It was a great idea in that book. It makes it more interesting. And I think, you know, as much as the current continuity doesn't acknowledge it much, Spider-Man's grown up. Uh, he was not a good team player back in the day, but I think he can work on a team these days. He knows a lot of people in the Marvel Universe. You know, he's got a lot of solid friendships, um, and he's... He's a really, really, really smart guy. He's probably one of the smartest guys in the Marvel Universe. He's also resourceful. He's creative. So he's a good asset for the team. Okay. Uh, should Marvel cut Amazing Spider-Man down to two times a month and perhaps bring back a Marvel team-up book? Uh, he vividly re- remembers laughing his ass off to an issue of Team-Up with the Beast many years ago. Instead of squeezing the Amazing Spider-Man, f- Spider-Man figurative golden goose so much. Stella, should we cut it down? To two times a month. Uh, to two times a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's sometimes working just because there is that one week break, so it gives us a breather. But if, but it's not so long of a break that you forget what the story is. Um, and I have consistent problems. It's gotten better, but I remember last year I really did not remember what was going on the previous month, and so I think if you were to cut it down and then there's a two-week break that those problems are going to come back because it's not the most, like, rememberable or memorable comic. Like Captain America, I can consistently remember months at a time what's happened. So that's going to be the problem with me anyways is forgetting what's happened, and I think it sort of breaks, um, like, this contiguousness that it has. Um, let's see. T.S. Champ with an avatar, our buddy Walter. Stella, are you going to wear something Marvel, by the way, at Halloween? Because they've put out a whole uh, line of female Marvel costumes. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be Mar. If I were to go as any superheroine, it would probably be Batgirl. Okay. 
but I already have my flapper dress, <laughs> so I feel like I might just go as a flapper. What do you think of that so. female Captain America with the avatar? Um, I don't really like yeah. it. Okay, uh, the question is for you. <laughs> you just answered a okay. couple of them. I just added a few. Uh, Walter asks, uh, what are your five Hall of Fame comic book writers? Um, Chuck Dixon, Ed Brubaker, JMS, um, Sean McKeever, especially because of Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, and uh, Demetrius. Mm, nice. Kevin, what is one character that has been underused in Marvel and DC? That's a really broad question. Um, I guess Marvel, uh, I would like to see him bring back Moreland. Try to deal a little bit more with, uh, not necessarily with the spider totem thing. I'd like to see him evolve Moreland a little bit. I mean, we never even found out how the hell he came back after his first death. So, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more of Moreland. DC, uh, just one that comes off the top of my head. Kyle Rayner had an interesting villain named Nero. Um... There was one Judd Winnick created, and they they really shafted him recently. They had him as a small part in the Ion book, and then in Green Lantern Corps recently, they had the Alpha Lanterns just executing prisoners, and they just all of a sudden shoot Nero in the head, and he falls off the back of this cliff, and he never even had a line. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like Moreland got, or not Moreland, but uh, Nero got the shaft there. Okay. Uh, Zach, what is one overused plot device in comics? Zach's talking to his girlfriend. Okay, right hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, the double theory, where everybody has a double. Uh, the clones? That's one of your favorites, though. Yeah, I, I know, it's overused, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is, to me, what is the one thing you don't like in comics that you see a lot of? I'm going to say comic industry... I'll make it a broader question. I don't like the the lack of distribution. I don't like uh, also how the fans and the creators argue about something they're so passionate about. You know, I, I wish everyone would get along. <laughs> it's good to have debate. It's good to have discussion. But I don't like the mean-spirited out of both sides. I wish we could just come to one place, have a good time, debate it, and not get so personal. I just don't like that. I, I, maybe it's me. Uh, to all, it's not just I, you. I, I know. I mean, it, you can be civil, you can argue your points, but don't be hateful. Is basically what I would like to see, and I see a lot of that with comics. I don't know. Maybe car collectors, Ford and Chevy people hate each other. I don't know. Maybe, but so <laughs> I don't know. Well, just look at people arguing over sports for guys. Exactly. Sake. Exactly. Um, another question to all, how do you think the internet has affected the comic, comic industry? Positive points and negative points. JR, pro and con, what's the internet done for comics? Oh my god, you would ask me that question <laughs> that has such... Well, you're, you're uh, an old school webmaster. You, you started this oh game back god. when I did. Oh my god. Uh, I think, cause I was, I was trying to think about this, I really think the internet actually has helped preserve the comic book industry. Because and this is why maybe it doesn't make a rat's ass worth of sense or not, but basically when the when the, when the distribution system collapsed, I mean, well, let me step back further. One of the things that keeps um, certain things going is a sense of community. Yeah. For example, yep. and you know when the distribution system collapsed and all of those retailers went out of business, I mean, basically you had the 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 whole comics community was kind of dispersed. I mean, you know. 
comic, you know, you wouldn't have a local comic shop. You may not have one for miles away. And if you couldn't get your fix, you wouldn't read comics anymore. Or if you had nobody to talk to, I mean, because usually, I mean, us geeks are not, it's not like there's a whole bunch of us in each town. We're kind of, we're kind of few and far between. Right. Uh, and we don't really find each other very easily. But the internet made it possible for us to find each other. I mean, it made this podcast possible, yeah. right? I mean, we had a hell of a time last night talking to each other, and I really think it has helped preserve comic books because it's preserved the comic book community where you can, you know, where you can, you have people who would talk comics too. I mean, my wife doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, my, the woman I'm in a committed relationship with. <laughs> Oh she, doesn't, no, she doesn't want you know the people i work with if i start talking books about that with them they'll think i'm even crazier than I, they already think i am but the internet has made it possible to find like-minded people like you and therefore i continue to buy them because i like talking about them with you guys yeah. um the negative, obviously, is the fact that the anonymity of the Internet allows you to say, fuck you, fuck you, screw you, and you don't have to put your real name out there. You can say something shitty to a creator, and you don't have to worry about him getting, you know, finding finding you or sending a, 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 somebody with an Italian last name to your house. <laughs> uh, so, you know, in that in that. In that sense, it's fostered a sense of of incivility. But but that's not just the comics community. That's that's every, any that's anything yeah. on the internet. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's, but I think on the whole, I would say the internet has been positive yeah. for comics. That's a, that mm. is a great answer. Very good, uh, Ericus. What, what's that? else thing? Oh, what's that? Oh, what go ahead. People okay. I'll uh, take it if nobody minds. Go ahead. Um, I, th- I actually was thinking about recently that I think uh, things like our message board, places like this actually do help the sales of comics. I think they sell more comics because people enjoy talking about them so much. There will be those hot-button things uh, that that people just want to be on the discussion, and so they'll buy more comics. I know I bought a lot more comics just because I was on this message board because I wanted to be a part of the conversation. I mean, I'm still buying three issues of Amazing Spider-Man per month just so I can be on this podcast. Uh, There's also things like, you know, people, uh, Internet sites posting reviews of comics that can really talk something up and make you interested in the comic, where before you would just pretty much go to your local store and pick something up, and if the cover didn't appeal to you, then it's probably screwed. So I think that they were selling a lot more comics to the Internet. The biggest negative I'm seeing right now is, honestly, how much the creators come online is hurting their image. It's hurting their relationship with the fans. I mean, I don't... They evidently don't realize if a lot of a lot of creators are coming online and just completely embarrassing themselves right now, and they're uh, they're getting defensive, they're attacking fans, and it's getting to the point where the more people talk, the less a lot of these people are going to ever buy their work again. And and that is sad because back in the day, you know, you liked you liked a writer, or you didn't like a writer based on their writing. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting to be their personality and the way they treat the fans. All right, we're moving on to Ericus. Uh, Which is our final, 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 final poster. poster for the the podcast. Uh, he discovered our website and podcast about a month ago. The podcast is great. It's almost akin to listening to a sports radio show. We just did that analogy. That's kind of cool. But instead mm-hmm. of a football or baseball theme, it's all Spidey. All Spidey all the time. Okay, I have a bunch of questions for select members of the gang with a general theme, a 90s and clone saga. Ah, 
BD, mm-hmm. back in the day during the Clone Saga, which side of the fence were you on in the mid-90s around the time that the Internet was getting in gear? There were generally two outspoken spider factions. There were expatriates who felt the Clone Saga was crap, and how dare you declare that 15 years of continuity didn't count. And two, the Friends of Riley, who enjoyed the new direction as well as the levity inherent in the character of Ben Riley. I was in the camp that was in the uh, expatriates. I was ticked that Marvel came out and said, you know what, all that Spider-Man you've been reading since you were like two and three years old? Yeah, we that that was just a joke. We really <laughs> we met this Ben Riley character to be the real deal, and he wasn't really married. Come on now. You didn't really see that. She had gas. Uh, <laughs> she, had, she had gas. She was pre- wasn't pregnant. It was all gas. Anyway, okay, um, okay. I was I was on that side of the fence. Now you take ten years later, and you know what? I don't mind if you go back and you revisit the Clone Saga. We've got the the true Spider Man's been revealed to be the one we've been reading since the beginning of time. Ben Riley is an is an interesting character. I'd like to see him bring him back. I'd like to see what Mackie and DeFalco have to say. How they really wanted to tell it. Hence why I'm supporting the Clone Saga uh, miniseries. I'm, I'm going to read it, and I'm hopefully going to enjoy it. So that's where I fell 15 years ago. When I, when and I was, I was the complete yeah, total opposite. Zach, <laughs> you know, I was just Zach's, a big fan of it. Zach's question is, speaking of Ben Riley, do you think it was realistic that Ben Riley was portrayed as a lighter, more charismatic Peter Parker? While it is true that Peter had been through a roller coaster at the time, with the robot parents in the spider period, Ben had to deal with the revelation that he was a clone and was forced to abandon his roots for lands unknown, all while consistently dealing with a jealous older brother. Being thrust in such a life, was it in character for Ben Riley to seem so much younger than Peter Parker? Yes, because Peter had a breakdown. I mean, you got to understand, he had a mental breakdown. His psyche was so fractured, and, and what saved his saved his soul, saved his mind, was the pregnancy of Mary Jean. Okay, number one. Number two. Ben, when he donned the spider costume in issue uh, Sensational Zero, he became his own man. He said, "I am starting my life over." Everything that's happened happened. I am now, I am now Spider-Man. I am now taking the responsibility. I am taking the bull by the horns. For a long time, you kind of saw, and the lighter, more charismatic Ben did not come into play really until after he became Spider-Man. Right. Um, he was weighed down so heavily beforehand. You really saw the evolution of, of, of Ben Riley as as the, as the title went on. So. Yeah, people talk about, well, he was supposed to be the lighter, more fun. That didn't come into play until after he became Spider-Man. So, and that was probably the shortest period of the Clone Saga, really, when you look at it. Um, so, yes, it was in character. Yes, it was realistic. Because you, if you look at it from the aspect, I am starting my life over. It's done. Boom. Yeah. I mean, so. Okay. Uh, Stella, you get the final two questions. Uh Yay. <laughs> We're wrapping it up. Uh, I believe you've mentioned that you've never read Spider-Girl comics. Why do you think that is? Um, what I'm about to say is going to come off really harsh, and I don't mean it that way, so I'll just say that, and I hope you don't hate me. But sometimes when I look at Spider-Girl, I see her as a ripoff of Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man so much, and I love him for being Spider-Man, and I know that Spider-Girl is his daughter, but um, I just... 
I don't know. I would prefer Spider-Man. Spider-Girl is just someone trying to be her father, and it's not really working for me. So that's my reason. Oh. <laughs> oh, you really brought that can of worms open, didn't right you? Right in the Tic Tacs. Uh, also, yeah. do you think that the character provides a good role model for young girls, or do you suppose that is a myth propagated by supporters of the title? Um, no, I do think that she is a good role model. From what I have read of her and what I've seen of her, which is not too much, and you know, I hate to go into sort of a physical description of her, but when I look at Power Girl, I, I'll give Power Girl for an example. Her twins are very large, and they are exposed <laughs> with that very odd oval uh, window, <laughs> apparently so she can distract people and then hit them. Who knows? But Spider Girl has what I would say are a normal-sized uh, bosom for a um, teenage girl, and so it's a character that's not oversexed, and I really respect that. I respect the writers, and so, yes, I think that that is a good example for um, young girls reading comics. And, and to bring up that point uh, that you talk about her long area. Um, <laughs> her long area? Okay. Uh, that's actually Ben Riley quote. Oh, okay. Look it up. Um <laughs> Ron Friends, when they relaunched the title, made a consistent effort, constant effort to tone down the sexification of Spider-Girl. Uh, there was a really big period when Ron Friends first took over the title where her boobs were getting bigger and bigger, it seemed like, with each issue. <laughs> and uh, when they relaunched the title, he said, you know, I need to tone this down a little bit. And he, he thought of – he looked. this is going to sound really wrong, but he looked at cheerleaders and how athletic they are and how in shape they are and, you know, saw that they don't have – Ginormous boobs, and so um, that's why. Unless they're cheerleading for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's one of the qualifications. Um, but it's like a job at Hooters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's why. I mean, especially the current stuff, you're going to see that she's got it very much. It's very much more toned down than it was, especially from the period of when Ron Friends took over until the really till. Probably when she donned the black costumes when you started seeing it kind of toned down a little bit more. And we'll wrap up the show right about there. Before we go, I want to give another spotlight of comics from MailOrderComics.com. They have Spider-Man The Clone Saga miniseries, issue number four. The cover price is $3.99. Mail Order has it for $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Gang, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.